What's good, people? It's your favorite host, Abdul. Yes, we're back. Our first episode of the new year. I'm super, super excited for the guest we have got in the building today. He's a chartered surveyor. I'm also a surveyor myself, so this one's actually very, very close to home. So I'm really, really looking forward to picking his brain um, to, to give you guys an insight of what the day-to-day life is of a surveyor and so much more. So without further ado, let's kickstart the show. Mr. Ola. How you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. Um, obviously, I've been wanting meaning to get you on the pod today, um, just for obviously for various reasons. Firstly, the fact that you know I personally think you are like a split image of myself in terms of our professional careers. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm actually a surveyor as well, but I'm at an entry level currently working towards you know getting charted. I've got Allah here in the studio. He's a chartered surveyor, so he's essentially you know where I'm aspiring to get to in, in a few years' time. Um, but listen, Ola, I don't want to tell your story. Um, could you please give the audience a brief introduction on sort of who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm Ola. Um, I'm a chartered surveyor. Um, well, this is only recently as well, but um, it's been a long time coming. Did a biomedical science degree like you, like you did. Um, just decided I don't want to do anything with it. Tried my hand at a state agency and <laughs> then found commercial property and uh, slowly just... Put, stuck my head down and just amazing, down. amazing. Before yeah. I before I break, before I get down to the yeah, degree, I, w- I want to ask. I want you to define what is what is a surveyor for those out there who probably don't know what that is. What that term surveyor? What is a surveyor? To be honest, the survey is a catch-all term. It means so many different things. Um, well, however, I think the fundamental of a surveyor is a person that provides services in relation to property or land and built environment, because there's also a geomatic surveyor. Yeah. It's a huge term, and I didn't even know what it meant until I went to uni to do it. Yeah, so. yeah. Because when I was looking to get into it, I know there's yeah. obviously general surveying, yeah. building surveying, yeah. and quantity surveying. Yeah. Right? So you, what what aspect of the three would you are you established in right now? So I would say I'm a commercial surveyor. Okay. So it's more towards general practice. Okay. Um, but I'm a set manager by um, profession. Oh, amazing, yeah. amazing. So, Ola, take us back on, a, on, a, on take us back through memory lane in terms of obviously school. Um, have you always known you wanted to go into, um, you know, the real estate industry? Because I know you mentioned biomedical science, yeah. which is obviously what I studied as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, t- talk us through that, please, if you don't mind. Well, I mean, going to school, I didn't really have any, I mean, I think my mom told me that I like science <laughs> and it's just stuck in my head yeah. for the most of my childhood where I just believed I was going to become a doctor or a scientist or something like that. Um, so I've kind of went through my um, high school years because I originally studied in Nigeria, moved over in 2004. Mm. Okay. Um, then I restarted high school here. Um, but then I kind of took a direction of just choosing random options. I never really knew what I wanted to do. So you aside had no from kind of the, direction? Yeah, aside from the guidance of... My mom says I like science. Right. So that's how I just stuck to science. I did a BTEC um, national diploma in applied science in my college um, and then chose biomedical science um, at West, uh, Middlesex University. Right. You mentioned you, you came here in 2004 to, to continue education. What was that? First of all, how, how comes you left Nigeria to come here to study? And what was that change or transition like for you? Well, I mean, everyone... It, well, everyone, a lot of people in Nigeria are trying to leave Nigeria yep. for a better Same. life. Yep. So my mom just made a decision that we're going to have a better opportunity over here to build a life. Well, I guess she was right. Um, but 
um, yeah, my whole family came. I had no choice in the matter. If we went to America, I would have been in America. Yeah. So it wasn't really a choice yeah. for the UK. And what was that transition like for you oh. when you came into the education system? Just one thing really got to me. It was like the students were talking back to the teachers. And that Unheard of in, in Nigeria, just, right? In Nigeria, teachers used to walk around with canes. Each and every teacher. <laughs> I, I, I went to school there as well. Yeah. I came in 2001. So yeah. I did up to year three. Yeah. So I, when I came here, I had to redo, I had to retake year three again. Yeah, yeah. And then on to year four onwards. So the cane, literally, if you are late, you talk back. If you don't do your homework. On the spot. Oh, in like, front of everyone. Yeah, it's not going to be later. It's, yeah. they, they hit you on the spot. Yeah. So, I mean, but the one thing that I do rate Nigerian education for was that the things I was doing over here in year se- year seven, year eight, I'd already done in primary school, like algebra, mm. all these things. So it felt like when I came here, everything was super easy. I was like, how come they're learning yeah. stuff that I've learned a long time ago? Yeah. But I mean, I've come around to see that it's not about cramming. It's not about knowledge really develops from like, if you understand like a 360 view of a topic rather than you just know the formulas, you know the calculations, which is what they kind of breed in Nigeria where yeah. you read off the textbook and you memorize the whole textbook or you get exactly what the teacher is saying and that's what you go on. So then is it safe to say that you kind of found going through primary school and secondary education, you kind of found it e- easy? Because obviously you've been, you've, been, you've, been, you've been cultured in a certain way of yeah. learning. So yeah. then did you find like just learning just quite easy for you then? Yeah, to- it was, learning was the easy part. The social part was the hardest part. Yeah. Because um, in the UK, in Nigeria, they, re- they really, if you're good at, if you're smart, you're top of the class, you're the most popular, yeah. all of that stuff. Here it's, the opposite. opposite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's the opposite. 100%. 100%. So, so I kind of thought I'd I'd like to be more popular. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, then yeah. I see. My studies took a backseat mm. and I started, yeah, just so to, to yeah, back, trying, more social. Yeah. Exactly. Trying oh, yeah. trying to hang out outside in the shop, like outside of yeah. the shops. Of course. Um, we've all been up yeah, there do, as well. Do all these things, wasting yeah. my time really yeah. in essence. Um, but I mean, I think regardless, throughout that whole phase, I still retained my background. It was like, it's easy for me to understand things. It's easy for me to apply myself, but it's just the willingness to apply myself. Mm. That was what was missing for that period of my yeah. life. Yeah. I so what you went through, you, you went through university to get your yeah. first degree environment. When did you realize you didn't want to sort of, you know, venture off into a career in that industry? Well, what I was knew, that realization moment for you? I knew second year. Like I knew oh, second year. So we had so we're doing like experiments. So where we would like take samples. And this was like a sample of like blood. And the whole idea of like dealing with blood and everything, it just didn't sit well with me. It was mm. just like You're just like me. I thought I like, went for the exact just, same thing. Yeah, I just don't want to be that person. Yeah. That my whole life is I'm Fiddling with like, in a research fluids. lab, yeah, yeah, analyzing samples, giving <laughs> it back to the like, and it's health- where the samples actually come from. Like they're just different. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. And of course, I, I, I feel like I feel like you and I, we kind of have people skills. Yeah, we want to yeah. be in front of people. Yeah, talking, speaking, negotiating. You know, understand. And, yeah. and that's exactly for me as well. I think second going to third year as well. I had that realization moment. I didn't want to do this, mm. uh, but it's just it's a funny place where you're kind of like in too deep where you're already invested money. 
and time. And you know how, because yeah, we're in Nigerian yeah. background, you, you have to have a degree. You gotta finish. If you drop out, it's curtains. You gotta finish. Exactly. But like, also, I didn't have a plan B, so. Yeah. Like, I got real estate by seeing a stage and this stage and from Foxton's, she was showing me a place and she was so, like, clean. She had a BMW. Yeah. She, like, was talk like, she was talking really well and I was like, oh, I could, I could be on the stage. I could do this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And that's what made me want to consider property in the first place. Um, and then finding property was just like, commercial property was all an accident. <laughs> so, when you were doing a state agent, a yeah. state agency, you could have just said, you know what, I'm comfortable here. Because mm. I don't know about you, but when I got into, so let me give back story. So my ex was the one that actually told me about a state agency because okay. she was already doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. when I left uni, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was doing retail, couldn't get a job. I was broke. So she told me about this. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I, everyone, one thing I realized is no matter what industry or field you're in, every, money, everyone wants to invest in property. Mm. So I was thinking to myself, either way, I want to get into property at some point. So it makes sense. Let me go in there, get exactly. some experience, yeah. you know? But I, when I got into stage, I knew this is not what I want to do. I thought I didn't, but the things I didn't know about the other um, aspects of property, I thought estate agency was, was the start yeah, and end of yeah, property. Yeah, 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 so definitely. for you now, how did you know that estate agency wasn't what you want to do, but you still wanted to be in the industry. Because I kind of credit like my fear of getting into a state agency. So because I was scared that I wasn't going to be good at it, I just started trying to learn as much as I could about a state agency without applying for a job right. to be in a state agent. Yeah. So um, I went to a lot of property events. Like honestly, I'd sometimes I'd go like three times a week. Um, I just went on Eventbrite, type in property, and I just went to different events. And by going to these events, you like meet so many different people, like so many different people talking about different things. You meet like the property sources. Yeah. You meet people off like talking about JVs, rent to rent. And then you have that weird world where people are trying to sell you courses and stuff like that. And that's Been where... There. There. Yeah, and, and that's where I was like, it's either I take one of these courses so I understand what this whole thing is about or I or I just try to figure it out somehow because it wasn't about estate agency anymore at that point because I'd heard about so many different things, so okay. many opportunities in property, but these weren't like careers. They were so just like, how did you come across surveying or... Yeah, how did you? How so did you I find came it? across surveying on the first day of my university course because I decided I didn't want to go for one of those courses because right. I've read reviews online. I'm not saying want any particular course is bad, but what I've read reviews. Course? No, no, sorry, those um courses that they sell at um, oh conferences. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that it's all an upsell. They will upsell you to the next thing, yeah. to the next thing. Um, so I was like. I trust universities, so let me sign up for a degree. I yeah. actually didn't know what they were going to be teaching. I thought they were going to be teaching, like, estate agency. I right. didn't know. I actually didn't well, know. But did you know that you needed that to, to for example, because for me, when I found surveying, yeah. I went, I knew that, I, I, I checked what the requirement it takes to become a charter surveyor, and obviously, there are different routes, but the, yeah. the quickest one is obviously getting a, a RICS accredited yeah. degree, either undergraduate level or master's level, yeah. and then obviously doing two years training. So when you went to do... The, did yeah. you know this you're or was be, You're just... better than me. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't even know what a charter surveyor was. Right, I see. So I just wanted to... You wanted education. I just wanted the knowledge. Right. Yes, that's it. Th that's the root cause. And this is why I do everything I do because I'm very curious about things. So I just wanted the knowledge. When I went in there and I started hearing about these things, um, there was this class taught by 
a teacher, Mike Lister, from um, Westminster University, and he's talking about deals, packaging deals, talking about development sites, talking mm. about drawing down loans. And I was like, honestly, I'd sit at the front of the class, like leaned in, just like fascinated. This is completely different to what I thought. It was like my mind was blown. Yeah. Like I'd never thought about like the way the world operates. And that's where I just got the bug and I was like, I need to know everything about this. Um, so slowly, yeah, I figured out that the course, they kept on telling us that we need to become charged. Not that we need to, but they that was the focus for a lot of people. So yeah, um, yeah. and that's when I decided I'm going to become a surveyor. Yeah. So now talk us through, you completed your master's. Mm. What's next? Like that journey of Work it so talk us through that journey towards chartership because mm. obviously that's what I'm currently on right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I want to I want you to talk about your experience in terms of from the yeah. moment you've obviously completed your qualification. Yeah. What what's the steps of someone out there who's listening who may want to be aspiring um, survey at some point as well? Yeah. So once I once I graduated, that's when I decide. That's when I became an estate agent for maybe two months. I was like, this isn't for. Like after I'd gone to university, I was like, let me actually try estate agency. I'd be more, I I was a bit more confident about myself in terms of I could do this. So I started in estate agency. I've always been good at sales. I've always historically done sales. So I was good at the sales, but it was just boring. There was nothing else to it. There wasn't that wow factor mm. that like you're talking about different parts of the yeah. economy, that kind of thing. So um, anyways, started applying for jobs. I find it so difficult to get a first-time job. Um, but I was what at, kind of jobs? Though? I was actually applying for sales property, like like prop tech, prop tech companies. I see. And sales, yeah. Because I was talking about, I was thinking, I have skills of sales. I'm good at sales, and maybe I can utilize it, join property and sales at the same time. Um, but then someone told me, snap out of it, stop applying for um, sales jobs. There's no career in there. Um, this was, I forget her name, but she's, she, she, she uh, she, yeah, yeah, she, she, it'll come to you. It will come to me. It'll yeah. come to me. But yeah, she told me, um, Sandra, Sandra, Sandra from Savills. Um, Savills. I can't pronounce her. She's Nigerian. Okay. But she told me, just become a charter surveyor. And then decide what you're going to do. So at this point, you were still not trying to be a charter surveyor. You no, were still no. trying to... I was, well, you knew about it, but I you knew were kind about of deviating. It. I was deviating okay. because I was like, I want to make money. I see. And I know sales, you make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, of course. Um, so, I, yeah, so I... Once she told me that, I was like, you know what? Stop applying for random jobs, like random sales jobs in prop tech companies or like just anywhere. Just focus on applying for graduate surveyor jobs. And I got my first job at NHS Property Services. All right. So I, good, good. It was a good, interesting start because it's mixing biomedical science because they're dealing mm. with like medical centers, hospitals and stuff like that with property element. Um, but obviously, you know, because they're a public company. Um, is there is there a difference between being for especially for um graduate surveyors who are mm. looking to obviously work towards charge? Yeah. Do you feel like there's any difference between um doing your APC training? First of all, could you tell us what APC is, by the way? For those oh, who are so listening, is the assessment of professional competency. And what does that mean in the grand scheme? So of it's um it's the process of you becoming a charter surveyor. So two-year training where you keep your diary, um, you 
try to hit certain competencies. There's about maybe 20 or so, including the mandatories. Um, You try to hit those competencies by showing that you've, by getting experience and then compiling that experience. So you'd submit it and then you'd have an interview. Um, That's exactly what my... It's quite good. That's exactly what I'll go through and I'm so glad you said that. Um, But yeah, back to my original question, would you say there's much of a difference between being trained by public companies or private companies? Because obviously the company I work for, Mm. private, which you already know, which I won't mention. But yeah, yeah, do you think there's any much of a difference or they're all the same in terms of like training? To to be honest, I think training in public is probably better because... In public? Yeah, in a public company, there isn't... there isn't an, a drive to make a profit. There isn't like, you've got your day job, mate. Mm. There's more like, get as much experience as you can. And because they have a lot of um, suppliers as well, you can always sec- second. Yeah, it's secondment. I think, I thought it was an excellent training ground. And because there's infinite amount of work to do in the portfolio, especially like public companies, struggle sometimes to manage their portfolios effectively. So there's infinite amount of work for you to do. It, it was a perfect playground for me to like so, understand yeah. and uh, make some mistakes. But. So what would you say your, your two years training was like? Like what, what are, for the audience out there who are listening, what are they to expect on this mm. two year structure training towards, um, you know, becoming chartered? Yeah, I think you get to decide how your training goes. Um, I quit my job my graduate surveyor job halfway through. Oh, you I, did? Yeah, because I didn't, I wanted to get more of a different element of like the commercial aspect. Okay. In the public organ, in the public company, there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of content, but there isn't that commercial edge. And I wanted to get more experience in the commercial edge. That's why I left halfway through. It takes through. a lot of balls to leave halfway through your structure training. My, how, life, how, is, how, my how life is, my life has just been, my life has just been, Ballsy moves because that's gotten to where you are today, Ola. You're, it, you're doing it, very it well has, for yourself. It has, it has. There's anyway. a lot of like risks that goes into it, but I don't like. I I know what I want, and sometimes I know how I'm feeling, and I'm like, okay, this isn't it. Yeah, I'm starting to learn le- less to just like pull the ripcord and just like <laughs> make it, F it, F it more to like plan. Yeah, like the the move yeah. if I'm gonna do it. Of course. But, I know what I want out of my career and I want to learn as much as I possibly can um, because, I mean, I have more plans for the future, obviously. I mean, ultimately, I want to run my own business. I want to start a, a consultancy. Eventually, I want to start a, a, a REIT of my own. But there is a lot of steps in between, in between from now yeah. and the, and to there. Yeah. And one of the steps is becoming charged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, what's, what's life? Now, talk us through your life post-chartership. Now that you're chartered, you know, that's, you know, the monkey off the shoulders. Uh-huh. What's life been like for you ever since? Nothing. So basically, the APC process, what they don't tell you is that it is so grueling. Like, you read so much. For over, so, f- for example, you have to start preparing to submit. That's about three months or so, yeah. writing, proofreading, Case sending study. it to people. Um, thinking up the examples, refining, everything like that. Then three months after that, there was revising, nonstop revision. For that period of my life, um, which was like last year, so last year, pretty much, 2020, end of 2020, start of 2022, 2021, I had no social life. So 
felt like I've, you're back in school all over exactly. again. Exactly. Um, but the good thing is, I feel like I haven't gone back to pre-studying. So now I'm more, I'm less likely to be out and about. <laughs> I think I've just gotten used to, <laughs> I've gotten used to like yeah. staying at home mm. and like thinking about what I could do next in my career. So I think that's what's it. It's also empowered me knowing that it's a big hurdle to to climb. Um, I always felt like I didn't know what I was doing. Like I told you about the in, the kind of inferiority complex complex that I had mm-hmm. with getting a job at, as an estate agent. I could have done it. I could have done the job easily, but I just feel like I wasn't ready for my APC. I also felt like I wasn't ready. People told me that I wasn't ready. Um, but the fact that I did it in spite of all of that has given me so much confidence to like, all right, maybe you do know what you're talking about sometimes. Sometimes. No. Hey, man. No. Self-confidence, is, <laughs> yeah. self-confidence is everything. <laughs> yeah. um, so just to clarify, then, so the APC, um, so the APC submission consists of the case study. Mm. The, so there's a case study, there's a submission, um, there's a diary, but you don't have to submit okay. that. And then next, next is the interview. Interview. Yeah. Now, what is that interview like for those who are listening? So I'm an you, assessor. You've been, you've been through there. I, oh, you're I've an been assessor? on both sides. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I've been on both this sides. Is, this is amazing. So as soon as I qualified, I signed up to be an assessor immediately. <laughs> wow. So you could potentially be assessing me at some point. I it, wouldn't be able to conflict of interest. Come on. That's oh, an yeah, APC oh, yeah, question. Oh, yeah, Come on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Let's scrap that. But yeah. What, what is it like being like an APC assessor? Like, what do you look for? So for myself and the audience listening out there who are obviously working towards... I'll talk about yeah. the other end of it. Sure. Going into it is the most nerve-wracking thing I've I've done. <laughs> like, it is so difficult. There's an hour of non-stop questions. Like, there was there was a point during the interview where I looked at the time and it was like, so I started at like 10, 10 o'clock. Yeah. And it was like 10.25. And I felt like they've asked, this is how it felt. Yeah. They've asked me like hundreds of questions. But then I was like, we still got, tw- we still got 45, 45 minutes to minutes go. Our solid interview of just it was, questions. It was painful. But on the other side, it's easy to do. It's <laughs> easy to do. <laughs> just ask people. But <laughs> the thing is, no one's trying to trip you up. Yeah. Or if you haven't done the research, if you haven't done the revision, it will show. It will show. Like there's no way to hide it because there's you can't. You have to answer the questions. Yeah, yeah. So, so what 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 would you say as an assessor? What are the things you look for when you're obviously um, assessing candidates? Well, there's one thing that I always look for where it where in your case in your submissions it seems like you haven't really done the the work. Or for example, if you're talking about like huge deals and I'm like okay but you're a grad so how what was your actual role in this so I'm always Mm. looking for what you actually did because sometimes people frame it as like oh um the team did or we did but it's it's about you you your contribution to the team um to this task Um, I always look for people that um People that are good at writing, but they're not so good at speaking, like, speaking and presenting their ideas because 
it's also important the communications and negotiations is one of the competencies as well. So I'm always looking for how people present, how they how they communicate as well. And do you find yourself where when you're interviewing someone and they seem a bit nervous, you tend to go a bit easy on them or hard on them? Like, or is it depend on your mood? Because obviously that's an assessor. Like, yeah. So because naturally in life, when you're going for interviews, you you have some easy interviews or some chilled interviews and yeah, some hard ones. Yeah. So for you. Is it, like, is it based on your mood or maybe if you can see someone's actually nervous or like, do you kind of take, but take it easy on them or you on I, their throat? Like, you, how does it work? So, so when I said from the first, from the one side, when I was doing the interview, yeah. it felt like forever. As an assessor, it feels like you don't have enough time to ask answer questions. Wow. So there's no way for me to actually go easy. I have to just go through the questions that I have. And unfortunately, it's not about making you feel bad or making you feel good. It's just if making I don't, sure you're competent. Exactly. Yeah. If I don't get through all of the questions, you can potentially appeal if you failed. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I just need to get through all of because we need to ask you each and every competency, and there's about twenty, like I like I told you. So we, I just need to go. It's it's not like if you're not feeling okay. Like, sorry, mate. It, that's a you um, problem. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some kind of, you try to make them feel comfortable, but yeah. if you're not comfortable, like, it's out of your hands. You're, you're probably not ready. Yeah. But, I mean, you can feel, yeah, I, I would say just mentally prepare. Just mentally prepare. And the questions well. you mentioned, are, do you, do you come up with the questions yourself or are these the set questions by Ricks? Oh, no, no. I, you have to read. So part of what I do is I would take some time, read their submissions come up with questions. Right. They're no trick questions. They're just like, so what did you actually do here? Or what advice did you give your client about blah? Right. So it's just clarification questions. See if you did it. Um, what would you do if things were different? What options did you consider? That kind of thing. So it's seeing, seeing your judgment as a professional. And, and in your time as an assessor, have you, have you had to fail anyone? Mm. And what was that experience like? Did you feel, kind of feel bad? Because you've been on the other side before. There's been... So I haven't failed anyone yet. But there's been yeah. one person... Mm. There's been... <laughs> no, because there will be eventually. Yeah, of course. Like, because I've only been doing this for... Since September last year. So... Okay. But I've done... Six months. I've done maybe 10 interviews. 10 interviews or so. Okay. Yeah. So... um there's only a matter of time before I fail somebody. But there was one person that I did say um, he should fail. But then because there was another person on the panel and the, the chair, the other person on the panel said he should pass. And then the mm. chair said, chair makes a de- decision. So why did you if, think he should fail? Why did you think he deserved not to pass at that time? What, 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 what was missing for you? I think because he was going, um, not going, yeah, yeah. Because he was going for registered valuer. Um, I believed he didn't, um, or they didn't, um, answer the questions on valuation as as you would expect somebody going for a level three, uh, becoming a registered value. So when you say registered value, what does that mean for the audience? A registered value is, um, so if you do um, your valuation competency to level three, you become a registered valuer. Um, once you once you get that status, you will be regulated by the RIC. I mean, it sounds like <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't sound like a treat, but yeah. you probably can command more fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can do like bank valuations. Yeah. You can do you can do yeah. bigger jobs um, as a registered valuer, but you are policed by the RICS, so you need to like. So, 
stick to the red book, yeah. understand the red book. So for me, it. I'm on the valuations pathway. Yeah. Does that mean at the end of it, if I'm successful with my APC um, assessment, do I automatically become a RICS? I'm sorry, do I automatically become a registered valuer or is there an extra step I'll need to go if I want to go down, if so, I want to do that? So if you did um, valuation to level three, then you become a registered valuer if right. you, after, after you as pass an, the as APC. A as a competency. Yeah, as a competency, if you did it to level three. If you did it to level two, you qualify, but you don't become a registered value. You can right. apply it later. I see. Um, which is probably the easier way. But <laughs> <laughs> but I one see. of the things is there's like, uh, yeah, there's yeah. some stuff that you'd have to I do. See. You'd have to do so I, I want to I wanna get more into what you do now. So you said yeah. you're um, in, in the commercial space. Yeah. Obviously, I like to do my homework on my guests. Yeah, I've already on. looked at your LinkedIn profile. I yeah, know yeah. you're an asset manager. Yeah. yeah. Um, so talk us through what that means or what that consists of and what your day-to-day is like as a chartered surveyor. Yeah, so um, as an asset manager, um, I have kind of one responsibility, which is manage the value of the estate and um, increase the value of the estate. So that's done in many ways. So where I'm doing valuations, I'm doing rent reviews, I'm doing um, lease renewals, making sure the right tenants are in there, um, the te- like deal deal with like their issues, just holistically look at the portfolio and see what we could be doing with the portfolio to make it better. Amazing. And have you have you sort of faced any sort of challenges or difficult? Of course you have, but like, yeah. has there been any of them that sort of stuck out to you that you thought, damn, this is, this is quite, this is quite challenging. Oh compared yeah. To other things you've yeah. hundred percent. Um, I think dealing, so I'm, I've always been good at sales. Um, um, I think applying negotiation to like people that, because, so, okay, the portfolio is like a lot of small businesses as well. Yeah. So it's about- Which are the tenants, right? Yeah. So it's about, because there is market rent. So we, as a, as surveyors, we use market comparables. We yep. try to determine what the value of a property is um, using a method. Yeah. Um, but when you're dealing with like a small medium-sized business, there's not really that understanding from their their aspect that the rent is not going up because we don't like you or we hate you or yeah. like we don't want you to be on the estate. But it's just that there is a market rent. And it's business. just like the, yeah, it's just like the cost of petrol. Yeah. All of them just went up. Yeah. And it's not because they hate us or they want us to pay more money um, for petrol. It's just the cost has gone up, and that's just how the economy works, and yeah. that's how the market works. Um, and so funny, explaining that is yeah. a, it's it's hard, but Quite the true. thing is, I think eventually they always kind of understand. Um, I think most people understand, but there's obviously other ones here and yeah. there. Yeah, it's quite funny because I actually did a um, so I applied for an internship with Knight Frank. Yeah, it's a one month internship, and I actually got put into the PAM, so the Property Asset Management. Okay, cool. um, yeah. see, so I, I'm quite familiar with what you're talking about yeah. in terms of where obviously um, di- different some different colleagues um, handle different clients, yeah. and obviously each client has a range of portfolio of estates you know um so obviously i've had opportunity to go onto the site you know see the building speak to some of the tenants yeah you know and also when we go to the facilities office and like you said the whole correct me if i'm wrong because this is what you do but the whole um purpose of an asset manager is to help the client maximize the value of the estate the the, the returns on the estate and obviously you know keep keep the um 
keep 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 the you know the tenants happy. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the clients like to be hands off, right? Because that's what you, they employ. That's what they have. Well, yes, right? yes. So the thing is, it's not about just inc- so. For example, the client paid money for their estate. They're well within their rights to get the money. They so it's an investment. For example, you put money in crypto. You're well within your rights to collect profits from an time. increase. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just the that's just the way the world works, uh, um, and, and that's yeah, and that's what yeah, that's kind of what we do. To be honest. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. So, what would you say is the most rewarding thing about what you do as as a surveyor? I love doing deals. Like, <laughs> I actually love <laughs> it's doing the sales deals. Inside, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, just yeah, love yeah, doing yeah. deals. Like. Um, yeah, my manager always says this word, cash. <laughs> so, I love how you're smiling as well when yeah. you mentioned deals. <laughs> no, but it's it's just, it's it, I like learning about lots of different things in the market and like um, learning how the economy affects property. Um, before I used to be like um, previous NHS and then the NHS was like an economy in itself, um, but it didn't really interact with the wider world so moving to this company was like, all right, Brexit, we can see we can see the impacts on some of our tenants. Um, for example, we see the impact of COVID on some of our tenants. In mm. healthcare, you don't really see any of that because yeah. the government just underwrites yeah. most of it. Yeah. So this is quite interesting for me to be like at the forefront of things and just seeing how things connect together. It just takes me back to like the lectures that um, I was talking by Mike Lister. It was just like, I'm so fascinated by, the, especially coming from science. Science is such an insular world as well. You're talking about micro microorganisms. You're mm-hmm. talking about things that are so detailed. You don't really connect to like, what's the general the picture. Space, yeah. And I, I, I really enjoy it. I'm um, so glad you brought it up because, you know, I, you know as COVID coming, obviously yeah. is here to stay. Mm-hmm. A lot of, we've discovered a lot of sectors that have boomed in, yeah. in this. And one of them is life sciences. Yeah. And... I mean, what's 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 your thought on that space? Where do you think that you know, is it because obviously it's an up and coming sector yeah. within the property industry? Do you think there's a lot more opportunities to come in terms of maybe like big pharmaceutical companies looking for like to maybe expand, you know, more more um um footprint space? Like, what's yeah. your thoughts overall on on that matter? So I've had the presentation done by I think it was night yeah I think it was someone in night as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, while I was at NHS, yes. Yeah. Um, so they they came and they gave it, and there's apparently a triangle, it includes Cambridge, some parts of London, and yeah. some somewhere else. Um, so I think it's just cop- copying on the footsteps of what um, America is doing. Um, if it's a young industry um, in the UK, then I mean, it's clear that in an in an advanced economy, it probably would follow those footsteps. Of course. Yeah. Everyone likes to follow America, don't they? I mean that every, everyone does. Yeah. So. For some reason, I don't know yeah. why. Maybe yeah. China soon. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like they're giving America a run for their money. Yeah, yeah. Um I kinda wanna switch gears now, um, Ola, because yeah. obviously you and I have spoken off obviously off yeah, yeah. several yeah. times. And I know one thing you're passionate about is, you know, the black community does mm. empowering you know, black people, especially within the built environment, within the built environment, which is the space we're in. Yeah. Um, could you sort of talk me through that in terms of because I know we in we're in a um, networking community group chat where yeah. we, you know, we a few months back we saw a girl who actually had an interview and she's had to travel far for yeah, that yeah, interview, yeah, yeah. and um, she was 
essentially dismissed relatively quickly. Mm. And, you know, safe to say that as an example of institutional yeah. racism. Yeah, yeah. And I know this is something you're quite passionate about. Could you talk me through things like, because I know one thing when we spoke last, especially in, in depth, you, one thing you said was, which stuck to me was that until we're in the positions where we can actually set up our own practices and start hiring people, exactly. you know, this will, you know, unfortunately continue to be a, yeah, yeah. A, a thing going. And going back to linking to what you said, the start where you're looking to obviously set up something um, of your company. own at some yeah. point. So could you sort of talk us through that? Yeah, so um, when I was coming into the industry, I kept on going to these property events. Like, I, when I would go to those events, I was the only black person there. I was the youngest, number one, and number yeah. two, I was the only black person there. Um, but it obviously didn't stop me from, like, meeting people and, like, trying to find out about things. It, I don't think that should ever stop anybody. However, there is some developments going on where like for example Bayman property that was yes. the first black well, not black multicultural property event that I found out about and when I went there I was so shocked that there was so many black people in the industry I never they, thought, they think it down. Yeah. yeah I never thought that that was a thing then there was DCS at some point and then I met um Bola um FRICS yeah. like so OBE so mm. like such people that are like doing so well and I just thought like where are all these people <laughs> like where were they before? yeah because all you see like, all, all I see is all white people exactly no, and obviously it's, yeah. it's not, not disrespect it's just like it would be nice to sort of see you know like successful within the yeah, community successful senior black um, professionals as Absolutely. well um so I mean when my motivation when I start when I came in and I started at NHSBS was like, okay, I need to do something because back then I didn't even Bame was Bamian property was hadn't started yet, and then I started like I started this thing called Young Black Grad Surveyor. Yeah, I started writing a blog. Um, then Bame came out, Bamian property. Then DCS came out. Then all of these like multi ethnic ethnic yeah. networking things came out, and I was like. I should just take, like, there's no point in me doing another thing. I should just see if I can support them. So, like, Absolutely. I refer everybody. Like, that surveyor group chat, how many people have, have all added the time, on All the to time, all the time. You're very active and I like it. Like, it's just, it's, not everyone has to, like, create their own thing. I think we just need to work a lot more together, together because more, there's, yeah. it's like, when I was surprised at Bayman Property that there were so many black professionals, there are the black professionals is just making the links between them. Mm. And that's what I'm really excited about, that there will be an opportunity for all of them to work together and then create something, yeah. something great. And maybe, uh, maybe that's a very chat. Maybe a business comes out of it Absolutely. that we can be, like we can be proud of and can employ. Absolutely. People and, and obviously you mentioned, like you said, your, your long-term goals, you don't have to go into too much detail, yeah. but in terms of this, business idea you have yeah. what, what sort of that is it like a I'm assuming it's going to be property related but yeah, it's gonna be what, what, related. just roughly what kind of what kind of business idea have you, have you got in mind so down the line so I mean not to give too much away I mean I'll give too much away because <laughs> it's, it's it's like if someone does it if someone does it I'll just get a job I'll just get a job with them like the thing is I'll just get a job with them like, I don't need to be the face of it I just need this thing to come to yeah. reality yeah so it's a diaspora fund. So like a REIT that invests in property in properties in Nigeria. So um, we can create locations, create houses for the middle class because yeah. Africa's middle class is growing. Yeah. 
um, whilst this middle class is stag- staying stagnant yeah. and like maybe some people are falling downwards, um, Africa's middle class is growing, especially Nigeria's middle class is growing. So we need to be able to meet the demand. Not not saying that we have the responsibility as diaspora people, but someone has to do it. And we're in a, so, better, we're in a better position as well, especially because exactly. of the currency power. As exactly. Well, and and the network and all of that. So yeah. you know that's 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 amazing. So that's, that's a long term goal. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in 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 the short term, I also do want to start my own business. And yeah. Kind of. So um, you said that's what's next for you. Not, not short term, but like maybe ten years or so. Ten give years. It. Cool. Cool. And cool. then roll that into yeah. Uh, yeah. Something. <laughs> um. I also, one of the last few things I want to touch on is you know the imp- I want you to talk to you on the importance of networking mm. especially for those who are looking to get into art, into art industry yeah. how invaluable it is and how your next opportunity can actually be from you know meeting someone just networking and meeting someone in your yeah. contacts yeah. Could, you, could you talk through that please uh, there's something that I really love that some people do only some people do um, and this is not like a saying that everyone should start doing it because I'm only one person but maybe so, some people are going for a job, for example, in my NHSBS, they'd message me on LinkedIn, be like, can you please help me? Um, I've got this interview. This is the situation. This is all the details. Could you help me? Direct me. And trust me, when I see that, because I've been that person on that other side, yeah. if you check my LinkedIn, you'd see so many embarrassing messages from like back then <laughs> when I was looking for a job. I will be like, hey, how are you doing today? Yeah. Let's put yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. It's very important. I've just done so many messages. But when I see that come into me, I'm just like, I need to do everything to help this person. And people have gotten jobs as as a result. I think it's very important to put yourself out there. You might get rejected, but don't let that put you off. Um, I got rejected a lot. It put me off. (laughs) And also, also I realized being put off is not going to pay my rent. (laughs) So you got to get back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, networking is very important. Um, go to Bayman Property. Go, go to um, surveyor net. Join the surveyor network. Um, what are they? We rise in. That's yes, the newest yes. one. Shout That's the newest Faith. one. She started that yeah. during the lockdown. Yeah, yeah. These are good places to plug in. Um, and so for what about for those who may have um anxiety issues or may not or maybe introverts may not know how to put themselves out there. Oh. What advice would you kind of give those people? Because it's easy to say, yeah, go to a networking event. Yeah. Even myself, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I struggle sometimes when yeah. I'm there. There's so many people. It's just like, how do you just take that first step just mm. to say, hi, my name's Abdul. Yeah. I'm from so-and-so firm. And then the conversation was, but it's just that initiating that the first, first conversation yeah. can be nerve-wracking. Yeah. What's your advice to, to people? So I started off, like I said, when I went to those networking events, it's not that I went in there and I started making friends. Sometimes I went to the event and I'd sit down there and wouldn't talk to anybody and then leave at the end of the <laughs> event. So <laughs> you, you have to you have to just get comfortable yeah. with... I, I had to do it like... Baby steps. Yep. Get comfortable in the location. Then try to have a conversation with someone. And then I realized I was scared of two things. I was scared of initiating a conversation mm. and leaving a conversation. I didn't know yeah, how to leave a same, conversation. So same. then I just separated out into like, how do you start a conversation? And then also, how do you end the conversation? So how do you, how do you, what's your how, how I start a conversation? I just be like, oh, how'd you get into property? If you're in a property event, yeah. 
easy question and people yeah. just start talking. They just start that's saying it. everything. People love they, to talk about themselves. Yeah. yeah. So they just love talking. And then that's comfortable for me. I, I'm more of a listener. Like I've been doing a lot of talking, but <laughs> I'm more of a listener than a talker. Yeah. Um, but then leaving conversation, at first I used to go to the toilet, <sighs> but then you can't go to the toilet so many times because it's a bit weird as well. Um, but so what do you do? It's, now, now it's more of a. I start talking to somebody else. <laughs> like, it's just be like, <laughs> oh, it, so because like, there'll be somebody else that'll yeah. be standing next yeah. to you, and you could just be like, hey, yeah. introduce. Maybe it would change the dynamic. And if they start talking, then just <laughs> <laughs> you just get out. You know, it's the same for me as well. It's the same for me as well. And you know, sometimes I realize maybe I'm just overthinking it. But sometimes I literally just say hello or hi. And yeah, I, think it, I think it comes from a place of where, because we live in London, mm. and everyone's so anti-social. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. no one's really friendly. Mm. You know, you grow up anyway for you. Growing up, it's just you end up the mindset. You don't really speak don't to anyone unless you have actually something to say or exactly. ask. Exactly. Yeah. So I think when you when I when I go into networking events, I come with that mindset. But then I've learned to sort of shed that off and just realize everyone's here for a reason for to networking. meet new people. Exactly. You know, no yeah. one's going to think you're trying to yeah. beg friend or yeah. you're annoying. And also, one thing I would say, just don't think it's a make it up. But at the start, when I used to go, like when I was a graduate surveyor, I thought there was a fear that like, they were going to find out I didn't know what I was talking about or I didn't know anything mm. about property and yeah. they would maybe call my employers and be like, this guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> this, guy's <a> <laughs> this guy's a scam. He's not a surveyor. So... Hey, we're all learning, man. Even it's though, even, even you, right where break. you are, I'm pretty sure you'd say you're still learning. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, well, that's the so thing. it's that's not the make beauty. or break. It, we're always learning. Just go in there, relax. Yeah. Some If, you, if you're not feeling it, I advocate going home. <laughs> I wouldn't say sit there. What I used to do is, I wouldn't say sit there. Just go home. Yeah. And just thank yourself for like, at least going into, yeah. into the thing. Yeah. Amazing, Ola. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, last few questions. Um, so, the young or whatever age, um, you know, aspiring individuals looking to get into the property property industry or listen right yeah. now, if you could tell them anything, what would you say? Hmm. That might be from what your experience as well. Well, I mean, I think property is very good because it combines like business with like architecture with, it just, it's just so, it's, you can't escape property. Yeah. You, property is like very integral to human beings. So it's like, if you consider like a safe industry <laughs> to be in, it's property. property. Because no matter mm. what country you go to on this earth, there is property there. But, but, so and it's very tell- essential. Yeah. And it's really high value as well. So it's a good way to, yeah, it's a good way to... Make your money. Well, someone <laughs> could turn around and be yeah. like, because remember, there's always recession period as well. Because the financial, yeah, the financial industry and the property industry are quite linked. Okay, you know, so when when there's when there's financial when there's hard times and the, the, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like in obviously a, from an investor's a, point, but can I can I say in a recession period, there will be people trying to offload their property. Do you think they would offload it themselves? Mm, it's just like there's a, a gold point. rush. You yeah. have a shovel, like you're selling shovels. Yeah. That's a great like answer. People need shovels. Professionals, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just need professionals. Yeah. And the the opportunity with property is it's a very the average age is about 55 years old. So it's an aging profession. So they need a lot of young blood. They need a lot of young 
people to come into the industry to kind of sustain the industry. Yeah. Um, they lost a lot of people in the financial um, crisis. Cri- crisis as well. Yeah. So it's a good opportunity um, to start fresh. Yeah. And if you've always thought about it, just go for it. Go to university and just yeah. go get an accredited degree. Accredited degree. Yeah, I got lucky by... Because if I was at the wrong... Fires, you were just like, yeah, oh, okay, where's for this time? Let me just study. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I, I'm happy for you, man. I think everything's sort of worked out in the, in the end for you. And like I said, yeah. you know, I myself, I'm a graduate surveyor, currently working towards yeah. getting chartered as well. So, you know, it's good to sort of see, you know, people like you who, who I can relate to, who have been there, done it. Because that, mm. that for me just makes me know that it's achievable. You know, yeah, yeah. I can do it as well. Because I know normally when I'm looking for jobs and stuff and I look on the, the company's website and I look at the, um, you know, People work there, and I don't see anyone like me. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. to myself, what are the chances yeah. of you reaching a management level if they ain't they ain't no one like me up there as well? You know, that's a valid question, and I'm still thinking about that till yeah. today. Like I'm still thinking about that, but I think as time goes by, um, the industry's well. I mean, this is a cliche, isn't it? The industry get more diverse, but there's more black people I can see than probably two years ago when I yeah. got into it. So. Maybe it's going to change, yeah. yeah. For the Maybe it's going to change, but um, and I was speaking to somebody about this actually, and she suggested that your mentor doesn't have to look like you, but mm. it's never worked for me because, <laughs> like, it's never worked for me because I haven't really had had a mentor ever. Basically, she got she's quite senior as well, um, but she got trained by um a white person, yeah. so it doesn't necessarily have to be a black person that you see. And then you have to model a black person. It could just be anybody. It's true. It's true because yeah. most of these, you know, senior professionals are a lot of white people. So obviously I yeah. feel like if you kind of have that mindset, you're kind of like shutting yourself out, exactly. doing yourself a disservice yeah. because these, some of these white people are happy to teach you. If you if you have that natural tenacity and yeah. that willingness to learn, you're you happy to learn impart wisdom. Yeah, I mean, you know, right yeah. now as I'm on the, on the, in the grad scheme, I'm yeah. meeting so many different people who exactly. are happy to teach me and stuff. Yeah. Although I'm... As a black man, I'm there's not many of me in the company, but yeah. it's just like I'm here for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like I'm just I need to get uh, my feelings. And when I'm you get and when you get there, you're gonna be that guy. So for the next one. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, so you're yes. gonna be that guy now. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And i am I'll just shout out um Bola as well. Bola Bisogun is like shout I said, FRI fellow just, of the RICS yeah. OB and he still makes time to chat to us and like give us direction in that sense. So there are people out there that's still looking after, looking out for you. And Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, hola. So last question from me now. Um, as I always do for those listening out there, what three key advices would you impart to them? It can be property related or it can just be general life. Anything that maybe stuff you stand by. Well, um, don't stop moving. Mm-hmm. Do you mean like literally or like in all sense? In all sense, just don't stop moving. Like never just give up. <laughs> just keep on, keep on trying. Second advice is <laughs> get what you're worth. <laughs> That's the thing. Don't accept the the scraps. And uh, one another thing is um, just the fact that you're in the room means that you're supposed to be there mm. so just don't discount yourself and i'm advising myself with that last one love that don't discount yourself you're such a humble guy Ola, yeah. man. 
Hello. All right. Thanks, Abdul. Thank you for thank you for coming on. <laughs> And on that note, guys, that is a wrap for this episode. Yeah. I hope you really, really enjoyed it and I hope you've taken a lot of, you know, value and gems from this. Um, for those of you who are interested in connecting with Ola, his LinkedIn profile link will be down in the description box link below. So definitely check him out. And on that note, peace.